You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Monday, May the 24th of 2021. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show. Lucas Smith, thanks for tuning in today. Make sure to follow my Twitter, at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, LO underscore Cardinals. So the St. Louis Cardinals fall 2-1 to one in yesterday's game. They fall to the series two games uh, in two games of the three. Uh, today's sponsor is Built Bar. Be sure to go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. It was a real frustrating weekend. For the Redbirds, um, losing on Friday pretty badly, 12-3, winning on Saturday, a good win, 2-1, Molina playing hero, and then falling by that same score in yesterday's contest, 2-1, in a game that was really headlined by Adam Wainwright. Uh, that, that, and I'm going to break it down, and just because Sunday Night Baseball was the most recent one and everything of that nature, I'll start with Sunday Night Baseball and... Yeah, I'm just gonna start with Adam Wainwright. I mean, this guy, his his season numbers, you know, are they fantastic? No, he's two and four, a WAR of zero point one in nine starts. He got three nine five ERA, fifty one punch outs and fifty four and two thirds of an inning. His WHIP is one point one nine, which is not again not terrible. Um, his ERA plus is below average of ninety five when that averages. Um, is 100. His ear or his fielding independent pitching is 4.47, which is basically um, estimated ERA of what your ERA would be with a league average defense. And, you know, what it comes down to for Wainwright really is it comes down to where he's pitching. Is he pitching a bush or is he pitching literally anywhere else on the planet? Because for whatever reason, this man pitches remarkably well at home. Two of his credited wins are coming at home, but one of his tough luck losses came at home in the complete game against Philadelphia. Yesterday's no decision, obviously, came at home against the Cubs. But here are his numbers, and I tweeted this out, um, and they're really kind of bizarre. In six games, six starts, he's 2-2, two and two, like I mentioned. Got the one complete game mixed up in there. His ERA is 2.41 in 41 innings pitched. Uh, just 11 earned runs. Given up four home runs in those 41 innings. Walked 11, struck out 38 Opponents hitting just a buck ninety six against him. His whip is under one. Parallel that with what he does on the road, or compare that, I guess I should say. In three games, ERA of eight point five six. Two losses in those three starts. Thirteen and two thirds of an innings pitched. Thirteen earned runs. He's given up five home runs in thirteen innings. Again, compared to just four home runs in forty one innings at home, and again, three of those on the road are coming in the San Diego start. And opponents are hitting three thirty three against Mr. Wainwright. And again, he's been tagged with two losses on the road. Um, and then in the game where he he pitched one good game on the road, and that was at Washington when he went seven innings and struck out ten back on April the 20th. But still, by and large, Wainwright does not pitch good on the road. Doesn't pitch well on the road, I guess is what you'd say. Grammatically correct. And it's kind of bizarre because, yes, he... You know, an older guy might find the rhythm better at home, but it's still bizarre that they're this different. You know, it's not like Bush Stadium is that much of a pitcher's park. Bush Stadium is pretty fair, pretty even overall, and it was just really 
you know, it was impressive to see Wainwright do what he did yesterday. And it, it, it was just one of those things that, you know, I talked about it on Friday's show with Joe Kilgallen. I usually don't bet against Wainwright, and I rarely ever bet against Wainwright when he's at home. You know, I've been burnt from that before. So when Wainwright's pitching a bush, you usually feel pretty good about yourself. You know, and if, if Wainwright, at the end of the day, has an ERA anywhere under four, even at four, that's a win. We've got to remember, this is no spring chicken here. Adam Wainwright um, coming up on a birthday, but, but he is right now 39 years old. And like I say, coming up, his birthday is April or August 30th. But 39 years old, almost 40 years old. Again, anything under four for me is an absolute win when you're talking about what Wainwright might give you. And it's just, it's really awesome that he's able to do this at home. It's awesome that he's able to do this in front of the crowds. And now that the crowds are back, especially, I mean, it was it was awesome there in that seventh inning uh, when the Cardinals really, like I, I talked about this in my post-game video that was posted on the Locked On Cardinals Twitter and Instagram accounts, that the, the game to me was really lost in the seventh inning. Because you had Adam Wainwright again, his final line, tweeted out, talked about it, but just to finish at the point on Adam Wainwright, I'll talk about the seventh inning there in just a moment. Uh, eight innings, one hit, and you know when that hit came, ladies and gentlemen? You know when that one hit came? Came in the first inning. Chris Bryant had a hit in the first inning. Wainwright did not surrender a hit himself for the rest of his outing. He did walk one, but he, at a time, I think struck, set down 17 Cubs in a row, 14 Cubs in a row. I think it was 14. 14 Cubs in a row set down. Gallegos gives up a hit in the ninth. Reyes gives up, obviously, the big hit. But anyways, Wainwright, eight innings, a hit, a walk, seven punch outs. ERA gets back down under four on 101 pitches. I would have liked to see him go back out there for the bottom half of the ninth inning. I didn't have a huge problem with Schilt pulling the plug and Going to Diego's, my only problem with it was, you know, the pitcher spot was due up second in that next offensive inning, so you got to wonder, you know, whether it's Gallegos or anybody else, you're probably going to lose them for the game. You will lose them for the game because you're not going to have them hit or bunt, um, and I figured, you know, might as well get one more inning out of Wainwright. He was cruising, um, but nevertheless, props to Wainwright. He was he was spectacular. There's really nothing else you can say about it. I, I was two out of three on my guesses for the series. Um, I thought that they would lose Friday. They did. I thought that they would win Saturday. They did. And I thought that they would win yesterday. And they didn't, clearly. Um, but I think that, you know, if anybody on that team yesterday deserved to win and even deserved a win in the pitching column, it was Adam Wainwright. And he was phenomenal. So let, let, let's look at that pivotal and, like I said, in my opinion, where the Cardinals truly lost the game seventh inning because I think in any game you can look back to a moment or an inning or a sequence and say oh okay that's where that game was lost and to me it came in the seventh inning you had Mundo Sosa beat out an infield single you had Lane Thomas work a really good at bat really solid at bat it was a nine pitch at bat fouled off three pitchers in a row with two strikes um solid at bat works a walk and they bring in Tapera. um and you have a bunt by Wainwright that goes awry on the cub side of things uh you have uh bunted and the pitcher to pair through to third base phil cuzzy claimed that he was pulled off the bag I, I don't think he was he wasn't based on the replay and now that look more that i look back on that call on saturday night by the way everybody uh look more and more like it might have been the right call it's hard to tell but nevertheless that call didn't matter this call also didn't really matter because after that you had Sosa on third base, Thomas on second, and Wainwright reaches on. It wasn't an error, it was a fielder's choice. 
but ne- or there wasn't there, but reaches on the because the throw pulled him off. But anyways, bases loaded, top of the order. This is the this is the perfect situation for any offense. This is the perfect situation to score at least a minimum, a minimum of one run. You've got to scratch across a run in that situation. Especially when, in all honesty, Bader a little bit, but six, seven, eight in your lineups. You know, Sosa here and there, but Sosa had a hot weekend. Six, seven, eight in your lineup right now are really probably not major league caliber players at this point in time. Again, Sosa, I get, but my only count, my only hesitation is he's had a hot weekend. We don't know if he's really better than DeYoung. He's certainly playing better than DeYoung this season. But anyways, no one's going to tell me that five through nine are better than the Cardinals one through four. They're just not, no matter who's in one through four, and especially with Edmund Goldschmidt and Arnato. And Edmund grounds about to second base. Horner throws home to get the out. Goldschmidt had a rare pathetic at bat for his standard, swinging at the second pitch, popping out. And then Arnato worked a decent at bat. You know, he saw eight pitches, ended up striking out in a little cutter slide piece down and away. To me, the momentum was gone. The game was lost at that point, uh, and it, it was going to be hard for me to see the Cardinals come back and win that game. Because the Cardinals were 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position already, or you know overall, and again that that momentum killer in that seventh inning did what did what a momentum killer does, and it killed the momentum. Absolutely murdered it, stopped it in its tracks, and it switched and went to Chicago. And the Cardinals were really never able to to gain anything past that seventh inning because you look at you know the eighth inning, he had a two out single, but then a strikeout of Sosa, and then in the ninth inning, he had a walk. By Carpenter, but other than that, three quick outs. Um, and then the 10th, you had the first runner that reached score. Uh, but other than that, you had two punch outs down the game. So, real frustrating loss on Sunday. I thought that offensively, they did not pitch well, or they did not play well enough to earn that win, to deserve a win. But I thought pitching-wise, they absolutely did. So, that, those are my thoughts on yesterday's game. And again, it's just frustrating. It, 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 it It's just frustrating. Cardinals, again, had a chance. Uh, at, at some to make up some ground, and they didn't against Chicago. So we're going to take our first break. At the other side of this break, I'll break down the other two games, the nightmare that was Friday, the success that was Saturday, and kind of give my general thoughts for the weekend before I preview this upcoming series against the Chicago White Sox. So all of that and more coming up here in just a moment. want to tell you guys about Wealthfront. Investing can be complicated. Whether you're a beginner like me, you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every kind of portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized for you in a matter of minutes. No more manual trading, no more picking stocks or watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. And Wealthfront can even help lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free. Your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. Again, that is W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB and get started today. 
Locker Room is a new and first-of-its-kind social audio platform made for the sports fans. The app is free to download once you're in. You can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join a conversation about the league. Again, you'll find fans just like you in Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me. It might even be a chance to feature it on the Locked on Cardinals podcast through our Locker Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a room on Wednesday during the end of the Cardinal games, Cardinals and White Sox game on Wednesday, so be sure to join me then. Go download the free Locker Room app now. Currently available on all iOS devices. And be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group chat for the latest league updates. Follow me at LJ Fastball to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this week on Wednesday during the end of the Cardinal game. Can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the Cardinals. See you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. When you look past uh, Sunday's game, you know this was really, except for probably the the latter innings of, of Friday's game, a pretty well played series overall between the Cardinals and Cubs this this weekend. And you know Cardinals and Cubs, I feel like one of those teams that no matter who, where you get they are on the standings and whatnot, it always ends up being a pretty good contest. Uh, but let's look at Saturday's game. Real tough with, with Miles Michaelis. Uh, you know, he, he didn't pitch terrible. Four innings, three hits, gave up an earned run. That came in an eventful first and really shut it down after that. Warming up in the fifth inning and kind of beckoned the uh, trainer out and took a seat and now he's back on the IL. But it's really unfortunate too because, you know, I, I was not a fan of the big contract extension that the Cardinals gave Michaelis either right after 2018 or before the 2018 season even ended, the contract of four years, that this would have been the second year of that deal. So the Cardinals still have him on the contract for two more seasons. Um, but, but nevertheless, this is a guy, when, when he's right, he's really good. We saw that in the postseason in 2019. We saw that in all of 2018. Um, and he, he would be a big help right now to, to this starting rotation. And... You know, especially when you're talking about a guy that can throw strikes, because the Cardinals seem to have struggles with guys throwing strikes. Granted, Wainwright did an exceptional job yesterday, but really tough to see Michaelis go through that. You know, it seems seems like a lot. A lot of times recently that the Cardinals have an injury that's going to last about a week, and then it turns into something more serious, or going to last a couple of days and turns into something more serious. Hope that's not the case with uh, O'Neill, DeYoung, or Michaelis, but it seems like it just might be. But after Michaelis, Ponce de Leon pitched really well. And then you had the big three that have pitched well all season long. Genesis Cabrera pitched an inning in the third. Giovanni Gallegos pitched an inning. And Alex Reyes pitched an inning. So you have to think back-to-back days for both Gallegos and Reyes, especially Reyes. Um, they will both be unavailable in tomorrow's game, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, and again, I'll talk about a little bit about that when I talk about Friday's game. But uh, offensively, give credit to Adbert Alzale. Uh, Joe Kilgallen talked about on Friday that he could impress, and he absolutely did. Struck out six and seven innings. Just the two earned runs and only surrendered five hits. Um, you know the two blows were the hits by Lane Thomas for an RBI and Yadier Molina. Obviously, with a big home run on Saturday, it, it's you know I just feel like Wainwright in a way. Whenever he turns back the clock and has these vintage performances, doesn't surprise me as much, just because I feel like it's easier to create longevity as a pitcher. But when Yadi does it, it just seems more and more unbelievable. The more and more it happens. And you might think, well, if it happens so often, then you should stop being surprised by it. But this dude is a catcher. 
He's been catching since 2004. He's caught over 2,000 Major League Baseball games. Only six person ever do that. Only the first person that was with one team. He's 38 years old. Going to be 39 in July. He's just created such longevity at a position that usually does not see such longevity. He amazes me. And, I, you know, I get that Cub fans were blowing up on Twitter. Oh, you got a curtain call for a 390-something foot home run. Big whoop. Be quiet. Whatever. Molina hit a big home run in a big moment. Cardinal fans appreciate good baseball. Sue us. Loved that homer by Yachty. Yanked it down the left field line. Kept the ball fair. Hit it out. 2-1. to one. Joe Buck with the call. Loved that. I like Joe Buck. I, I just do. I, I don't think he's the best. I also don't think he's the worst, as some people like to say on Twitter. Somewhere in between. Pick a medium ground. Let's all agree that there are bigger problems than who's calling the games on the TV station. Anyways, other than that, you had Sosa with a really nice weekend. Sosa had two hits on Saturday. It was just another story of pitching extremely well. When the, when the Cardinals pitch well, they win. And that seems like an obvious thing to say, but it, it's It's true. When they pitch well, they win, especially from the starting pitching standpoint. And Michaelis was on a roll and was looking that he was like he was going to pitch well, and it ha- unfortunately, it was hurt. So that that was Saturday's game. Friday's game was a mess. Holy cow! I mean, talk about getting the series off on the absolute wrong foot. Final score in that game was twelve to three. Cardinals. I mean, it was close to start the night, sure. Uh, but the Cubs really, I mean, obviously, put, they put it away with an eight-run eighth inning. Scored in the first inning as well. Um, Martinez didn't pitch terrible at all in his return. Six innings. Uh, just two, His strikeout numbers have been down. Uh, just two strikeouts, but just one walk. That was key. Because uh, after that, you had the bullpen just kind of muck it up. You had Helsley going inning. He gave up two earned runs. Cody Whitley gave up two earned runs. Did not record an out. So he, my prediction on him hasn't been very good. For some reason, Tyler Webb was used again, and Tyler Webb gave up two earned with a third of an inning, and Seth Elledge gave up three earned in two-thirds of an inning. Ponce de Leon with a scoreless ninth. Uh, so it just seemed like the bullpen can't get it done. I mean, outside of Gallegos, uh, Reyes, and Cabrera, this bullpen's not very good. And again, I agree with Mike Schilt on the comment that he said on Sat or on Friday, saying that you can't use all three every night. Well, yeah. But what I'm saying is that you had an off day the day before. So you'd have to assume that all three of them are rested. rested. So when the Cardinals had a 3-2 lead going into the top half of the 7th and you pulled Martinez, why not go with one of them? Why not you go with Gallegos for two or Cabrera for two and go to Reyes and then you have whoever you didn't use for two innings the next day? And again, it it all ended up being whatever it was because then... You know, it, it's always what if, what if, what if, you know. Not everything's going to work out perfectly, even with those three. But the bullpen management there, and again, Schilt gets a lot of hate for it. I'm not really on that train. But I do think that he could have managed it a little bit better on Friday night. And again, as much as I think Webb needs to go, as much as I think probably Seth Elledge needs to go, I think Helsley's still got potential. I think Whitley's still got potential. Um but but overall, to kind of conclude the weekend thoughts, this really showcased what the Cardinals need. And I talked about it on the Locked On Now video. I tweeted this out. Cardinals are probably going to be in the market for a starter, especially especially if Michaelis is hurt. And they're, they're already in the market for bullpen help. Um, and if not, they need to make some moves to call people up that are not named Junior Fernandez. 
but they need at least uh, they need another solid left-handed reliever. I think is what they really need outside of Cabrera, because Miller's still hurt and Webb's not gonna cut it. So I think they need a left-handed reliever, and they need some bench help. Especially, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna make any excuses. I'm, I'm not, but especially, you know, the Cardinals didn't really have their their starters this weekend. And they, again, I'm not trying to be whatever, but they didn't. They just, they, they straight up didn't. Uh, on the outfield, you have O'Neill and Carlson. They had two thirds of their starting outfield not play majority of the series, and that that doesn't help. Doesn't help at all. But so that that really, um, you know, the, the needs that the Cardinals are gearing, like they're gearing up to try and make, in my opinion, is a starter, a bullpen piece or two, and and a bench bat. Because um, because even whenever O'Neill and Carlson do return, these these players that are are on the bench just aren't going to cut it for me. One player that is usually on the bench that is starting now because of an injury is Edmundo Sosa, and again to wrap it up, he had an exceptional weekend. He was he had he had seven hits on the weekend, and eleven at bats, really solid stuff. He had a double mixed in there, a couple RBIs runs driven in, really really impressive. Or I'm sorry, not not a couple rounds of RBIs, but a double and a triple is what I meant to say. Excuse me. Um, and Speed Demon made a couple of diving plays as well. I think Sosa could be legit. Am I saying that he's better than Paul DeYoung? No. Um, maybe. You know, who knows? It, it, he had a really nice weekend, and he's swinging the bat really, really well in his last three or four games. He really is. When you when you look overall at his last seven games, he's hitting 526, slugging 737, one run driven in. He's 10 for 19, only three strikeouts, which is what I love. I think for sure where Sosa has the advantage, better contact hitter and faster than Paul DeYoung. Their gloves might be the same, and DeYoung might have more power, but I'll tell you what, I, I know Sosa's not going to hit 526 for his career, but Sosa's probably going to hit better than 250 and might get on base more, might walk more. But anyways, Sosa might make Paul DeYoung work for his job back when Paul DeYoung does return. So we'll see. Maybe Paul DeYoung becomes right-handed bat off the bench. I don't know. Um, but, but, you know, it, it, again, this, this isn't a series in late September. This isn't a series in or late August or late September. This series is in mid, in mid to late May. It's as big as a series you can get in mid to late May. And, you know, they didn't win the series, and that's always a negative. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I thought they played well for the most part. And we saw the weaknesses that we thought were there, and now we know they're there. Now that the Cardinals, I think, that they, they, they see that and that they know that they, they need to fix those weaknesses ASAP, Rocky, because they are facing a, a very good Chicago White Sox team next, and that has storylines galore. I'll touch on just a couple of them in segment number three. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, as you well know, is in full swing and you check all the action at Bet Online. Stanley Cup playoffs are also happening, so you can bet there, even though the Blues lost, but the NBA playoffs are in full swing. Some great games you can bet online as there as well. Latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up, bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit for being a listener of this show. That promo code is locked on. L O C K E D O N, locked on, gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Betonline, 
your online sportsbook experts. Cardinals again, like I mentioned, uh, have a very uh, they have a they have a good test for them coming up here against the Chicago White Sox, and a good test. And I say that because the Cardinals are going to go into play still in first place. Two games above Chicago, three above Milwaukee, five and a half above Cincinnati, and eight above Pittsburgh. But a good test because of this, because against teams that are above 500, according to MLB.com, Cardinals are just six and ten in those games with record against 500 plus teams. And this team they're playing is a 500 plus team. To be specific, they're a 578 winning team, first place in the division by a game and a half, a run differential of plus four. They are on a bit of a skid. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10. They've lost three in a row. The Cardinals have some good pitching matchups coming up this week. And the, re- the really intriguing one comes your way on Tuesday, but I'll get to that in a moment. And again, I mentioned, I teased it when I said storylines galore. The first one that comes to mind, hello, Tony La Russa managing against the St. Louis Cardinals, according to John Morosi, for the first time in the regular season in the history of Major League Baseball. Big time stuff. So that's a storyline. Another storyline, Lance Lynn gets the ball against the St. Louis Cardinals. uh, Drafted in 2008. Um, He he faced them one time in his career. 2018, gave up three runs in three innings. His numbers this year are really good. 4-1, 1-5-5 ERA, 46 punch outs in just 40 and two-thirds of an innings. Um, Two-thirds of an innings, seven game starts. His whip is under one. 34-year-old right-hander. Um... Pitched really well. I really like this move when the White Sox made it, so that's a storyline. Um, and then, again, the big one for me on Tuesday, I'll talk about in a moment, but KK Kim um, just really fell at the table in his last start. So we'll see what he's able to do in his first start. Uh, since then, he, he went three and uh, a third innings last time out, and again, just cruised through the first three innings, fourth inning, fell off the side of the road and lost it. So I think that'll be a good matchup. Um, the Cardinals are going to see a lot of heaters from Lance Lynn. He's a big heater guy still, and KK is a big finesse pitcher. That first pitch is at 7-10. And then, like I said, Tuesday is going to be a fun one. Uh, first pitch slated again for 7-10. Lucas Giolito versus Jack Flaherty. High school buddies. Giolito's got a no-hitter. Both of them are electric, electric arms. Great talent in Major League Baseball. Giolito struck out 11 twins in eight innings in his last start. Um, he took the loss in his other two starts against the Cardinals in his career. Um, Flaherty is looking to go 9-0 and in his first 10 starts, something that has never been done by a Cardinal. Say what you will about wins and losses. I still think that that's impressive. So both these guys are on a roll right now. At least Giolito is at the start of one possibly. So runs might be at a premium on Tuesday. That's going to be fun. Flaherty is always very fond of Lucas Giolito, as well as Max Fried. All three of them are high school buddies, played on the same high school team. That's going to be fun. Tuesday night, Chicago, guaranteed rate field. I'm really looking forward to Tuesday's matchup. And then on Wednesday, it's a day game for the getaway day. 1-10 first pitch, Carlos Rodon, um, author of a no-hitter, 5-1 and one with an ERA at 1.27, racing off against John Gant, who's 3-3, three and three. And an ERA of 2.04. Um, but again, he's got 
really good at nav- you know Gant's been really good overall except for the walks have bit him a lot so we'll see this will be a good test because you got three good pitchers for Chicago and when they're all right you have, you have at least one on Flaherty but when they're all right you've got three good pitchers for St. Louis I don't expect a lot of runs to be scored this weekend or this week excuse me uh, I really do expect this to be a Closely played series through and through, and if the Cardinals want to, you know, say that they can compete, they want to say that they're the best of the best, that they are what they say they are, that who they think they are, they got to show up this weekend and at least make these games competitive. Um, I don't know what the prediction is going to be. I'm betting that the Cardinals win on Tuesday. I think Flaherty, despite it being on the road and historically he's not good on the road, I think Flaherty pitches well. I think he uses the momentum against his best friend or good friend, anyways. I think he gets the job done on Tuesday. That's my one prediction for the series. But we'll see how it goes. Super excited. If you want to hear more about White Sox, Locked On White Sox with Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Two great guys, host a great podcast. So looking forward to um, uh, listening to, to their show today. And I hope you guys do as well. But that's all I've got. And again, when you look back at the week, Cardinals, they do take um, two out of two against Pirates. They, they overall, um, what wasn't a great week, you know, you take two out of two, then you lose two out of three. Um, so quick math puts you there at two, two and three on the week um, against NL Central teams. Would have liked them see, would have liked to see them take a little bit more, but it is what it is at this point. But I'm running out of time here. Uh, a little bit long today, so I do apologize. Uh, just a touch long. Not too bad. Not too bad. Just a touch long. But nevertheless, Cardinals fall two times over the weekend, and we shall see how it goes this week as they... Take on the other Chicago team. So be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the Instagram or the show on Instagram and Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and email the show anytime. LockedOnCards at gmail.com. And until I talk to you next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day. Be sure to listen to the Locked On Today podcast, where today they're talking about how the Knicks were left stunned and Father Time lost at the PGA Championship. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.